count of three, name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it. Just name it. Ready? One, two, three. Velociraptor. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. It's time for another episode of the Wooth and Wise Show. Welcome back to another episode of the Woot and Why Show. I'm back in the studio here at Woot and Why headquarters after a week away in Port Douglas. Looking very red. Uh, my, my legs are still unbelievably sunburnt at the moment, so it's not great. Uh, for the second week in a row, it's a little bit of a disjointed uh, Woot and Why HQ. Woot's at a uh, super huge, important work conference. I don't know how else to explain it, really, but he's got that for the next two days. So uh, prayers up to to Josh, um, stuck stuck doing that. But thankfully, I have a uh, a good friend of the show joining us, and that's Mitchell Doyle. Uh, NRL fans will know him from the Boom Rookies podcast. Uh, people on Twitter that follow us will also probably follow Mitch as well. What's your Twitter handle, Mitch? At uh, MitchD underscore nine zero for those playing at home. And uh, welcome back, first. Uh, Appearance this uh, this season. How are you enjoying it so far, mate? It's good to be back. Uh, it's good to be in the studio this time. We're down in you actually you, sunny Campbelltown. Yeah, you drove all the way out here. Unbelievable. Mate, I was hitting myself by the M5. Once you clear like the entrance of the M5, it's not nice cruise. Actually, it's not a bad drive down it's, this way. It's all good. It's uh, it's a wonderful part of the world. It's a lovely um, domicile. This studio too. The Wooten YHQ. It's pretty. It's, it goes all right. You know. Uh, I think he cleaned up for me. I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, it's very clean, mate. Uh, when you go away and the uh, the future mother. In law house sits, uh, she cleans. It's sparkly. one of the benefits of Mate. having someone mind your place and clean it at the same time. So um, it's, do, it's doing very well. Very, you know, yeah. you know, to, to, to produce the best, you got to be sitting in the best, and that's that's what we're doing here. <laughs> uh, but you know, Gotta week comfortable. week five is in the books. All thirty two teams now they've played four games. Uh, still have one undefeated NFL team, the Chiefs. We've got three teams at four and one, all in the NFC. And we've got uh, three teams still looking for their first win. And surprisingly, one of those is the Giants. It's been an up-and-down season. Only eight left in our Eliminator Challenge out of 60 as well. I think picking one game, one winner a week would be easy. But no, uh, you know, ups, upsets happen. And many picked the Steelers last week, losing to the Jags. Ouch. So, uh, you know, only eight left. Um, and some other housekeeping. Remember, iTunes reviews. Any iTunes review dated in 2017 will go into the draw to win signed merchandise of your choice up to $300. But uh doesn't include postage as well. So it uh, doesn't include postage. Uh, so bear that in mind, all right? So signed you merchandise. You pay for the postage? We'll, no, no, we'll pay for the postage. Oh. I'm saying that you can't say, you know, we're not going to say, oh, no, it's 220 and then $80 post. The oh, thing, so the thing the could, postage. yeah, the thing could be two ninety nine, yeah, dollars. That's fine. It's under three hundred. Will you pay for Express? No, not, <laughs> stuff that. You can wait the fourteen days for your okay. signed merchandise. All you have to do is give us a iTunes review, five stars, please. Um, even if you don't like us, just put five stars. Do you get crossed out if you give one star? Uh, yes, you're out. There you have, you have to give us signed merchandise. It's five, is it five-star reviews only? Let's put that rule out there. That is out there. Okay, five-star reviews only, you can win signed merch. Yeah, actually, we'll, we'll do it this way. Every star you give, you get, you'll get you get an entry in the draw. 
Okay. So five stars, better. five entries, four stars, four entries, three stars, three. Yep. That's fine. That's good. Yeah. See, we've just not got those ideas. I know. <laughs> I'm glad we get a bounce on each well, other. Yeah, we'll we'll that's, sort this that's out. exactly it. So before we move on uh, to what we normally do here on the Wooten Wire Show, what was your favorite thing from uh, from week five, Mitch? My favorite thing, I'm a Packers homer, so obviously it was the Aaron Rodgers final drive, but the, my most favorite thing of that, if you want to see it go on the internet today, there was a guy, a Packers fan amongst the Cowboys fan, fans who took a, a Snapchat selfie of him smiling when they were celebrating, saying they're, they're celebrating with a minute 13 on the clock. Like, yeah, you know, it's too long. You've got to trust Aaron. And also loved um, Aaron Jones's debut performance out of UTEP, got the start for the first time and uh, looked... Look like the answer to the uh, the running game problems. For the I Packers. did. I lo- Aaron Jones was a draft cru- crush of mine. A lot of Colts fans uh, wanted either Jamal Williams, who you ended up getting as well. No, nah, but more big of him. No, he hasn't quite panned out as well. Uh, but Marlon Mack was another one, and Aaron Jones, and obviously Marlon and Aaron both uh, doing very very well so far early days. But I, th- I think if Aaron went to a bigger school, would have gone in the top two or three rounds. I think, I think he's that kind of talent. Yeah, he's been. He looked good. Looks good for us. Looks yeah. like you know sixty forty split with time on hopefully on the way forward. And yeah, he's he looks really good. The all AA Ron offense, as yeah. I like to call it. And Ripkowski uh, yeah. back there as well. How a couple good. of couple of Aaron's just chilling out. Um, very, very you know very well. My I think my favorite thing, um, I want to be a homer as well was Peyton Manning statue unveiling. Um, and it was funny that it was in the week that Aaron Rodgers kind of channeled his inner Manning with that one minute thirteen drive. I've seen the sheriff do that. Many a time, and it brought back memories of uh, when Bill Belichick went for it on fourth and two against us because he just didn't want to punt the ball back to Manning. <laughs> and we scored with, I think it was like 11 seconds left as well, with Reggie, Reggie Wayne in the corner of the end zone as opposed to Devontae Adams. So um, him getting a statue and, and, and getting inducted into the to the ring of honor was my favorite thing. But that wasn't really on the field. I think if I had to weigh it up, it would be between the two-point conversion from Mitchell Trubisky. That was an Unbelievable trick play. It was great. I mean, the the Bears, the, the offense coordinator there, has some trick plays in him and don't always work out, but yeah. that was fantastic. And I've been saving it all season, apparently. I'm glad they used it on Trubisky, not Mike Lennon. Oh, it would not have worked, <laughs> no. Mikey. Although I would have liked seeing the, the long neck and legs trying to, you know, slip and slide their way into the end zone uh, like a deer on, you know, wooden floorboards or something like that. It, yeah. it would be very funny. And then Fournette running and waving at a defender, come on, and just running straight over him. I thought that was amazing. The, the guy's nuts. Yeah, I think that's that's the, f- the first way into my heart is that kind of nuts shit, you know? Wave, yeah. Taking a guy on, waving at him, and they had they were going back and forth the entire game oh, too. So good, and ran over him. And if the more of that comes, Lenny Fournette will be rising up the Doyle charts. Don't yep. you worry. Talking tidbits. All right, fair bit of news actually off, and not not quite news, but just a little bit of nuggets uh, in, um, involving a few players and coaches over the last few days. Uh, we'll start with last night. I was actually awake. I'd been out. I got back from watching the Socceroos uh, prevail over Syria, and then I wanted to watch uh, the Survivor Australia finale. Uh, pretty pretty good. Uh, you know, I was on Jericho, so it was a good result. But... Uh, about I was about to go to bed and I get the alert about Adrian Peterson, the trade. So if I didn't stay up for that, I would have missed this this unbelievably blockbuster, <laughs> um, league shattering, ground moving trade that's just going to shake the fabric of the entire NFC. In Adrian Peterson being traded for a conditional 2018 six round pick, how the mighty have fallen, Doyle. 
I did enjoy the symmetry of the two thousand yard rushes, one getting cut for the other one with with AP there. But um, <laughs> yes. I think it's a fantastic move by the Saints to cut that that salary off them. And it is funny seeing how far his star has fallen. If this trade happened like four years ago, it'd be blowing people's minds going to the Saints. But yeah, I, I know you've written some notes here. You might like him at the Cardinals, but I couldn't dislike the trade more than I do. Oh, no, I, I don't like him at all. Um, I just have to mention that he, he is, a, I guess, an ownable entity in fantasy because he is a starting running back. They're hard to come by. I'm not going to play him with confidence at all. Um, I, I don't like the fit at all. I think the biggest takeaway for me is how good it is now for Ingram and Kamara. Mm. Kamara in PPR leagues especially, I think, could be a, a flex play or a low-end RB2 pretty much every week now. We've seen what he did when even AP was there. But it just means that Peyton doesn't have to worry about keeping them all happy. He doesn't have to worry about giving them a certain amount of carries in, in certain situations because teams knew what they were going to run when AP was on the field or when Kamara was on the field. And it's not necessarily the case because Ingram's still a good catch, pass catching back. Like, he, he can catch passes. Like, it's before Kamara was drafted, they thought, oh, AP on early downs and Ingram would be the would be the pass catching back. So now you have a little bit of mystery with what you can do with your running backs and you can get that 60-40 split between them. Yeah, with AP no longer being the freak he was, he doesn't belong in a modern NFL offense. And that's yep. the issue. It's now the Cardinals problem, but it's a good move on from the Saints. And yeah, as you said, he, he is in the end a starting running back. But in fantasy, if I own him now, I'm selling him while I can. Yeah. You know, selling him on name value. You, you might trick someone into to picking him up from you for a decent value, but I'd get rid of him because, yeah, I don't see much more than what we saw from Chris Johnson coming from him. Maybe a little better, but again, yeah. there's, there's not much in that line. And if you can't, you know, run play action with him, you can't you can't run out of the shotgun. There's not much mystery when AP's on the field that it's, no. it's you know, you're going up the guts. Yeah, he's, he's a better fit in their power scheme rather than the Saints scheme. So that's the one positive. And, you know, what's a conditional 2,000? And you might even not even lose the pick. If the condition he has to have three, average three yards a rush, the... the <laughs> The Saints ain't getting their pick. Yeah, but they're so um they're so against jumbo sets there, right? There's not gonna be that much blocking for him. Not gonna add more tight ends and, mm. and block more for AP. So I'm just not I'm just not huge on it at all for the nah, Cardinals. So. But I mean, the the one advantage I'll have is that you know he has been a bruiser his whole career. Maybe maybe the workload will mean after you know 10, 12, 14 carries, maybe you'll break something off again like the yeah, AP. We know, a tied defense and you can yeah. yeah can smash out something. But Which CJ two K was not doing that. No, so yeah, a different type of two thousand yard back, obviously. Uh, to Chris Johnson. I do like Johnson tweeting that AP needed more touches and then he ends up being cut for <laughs> Adrian Peterson now getting more touches. Uh, you know, there's not quite theatre like the NFL. It's uh, quite brilliant. Uh, all right. Uh, we'll talk some other uh, cutting, I suppose. Uh, Dolphins. <laughs> he's cutting something. Yeah, he's definitely cutting um, something. Uh, Dolphins offensive line coach Chris Forrester? I, I don't know. That's a weird way to spell Foster. I'm just going to say Foster um, or Foster. Um, it's, very, it's a weird spelling of a name. I don't know. What, I don't even know. What <laughs> like what nationality is that even? I, I don't know. White bread trash, he looked like. <laughs> so let's go with that. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, but yeah, he... Uh, yeah, so he's an offensive line coach who was doing offensive lines. Yeah. Uh, let's be honest. Uh, a video re- was released on Sunday... Showed him snorting lines of coke off his desk at work. I am, res- and then obviously Miami Dolphins. It's been released by I think a, a stripper. Yeah. Um. I, I was less upset by the coke 
more upset by what he was saying. I mean, he's in Miami. The Coke's going to be there at some point. But, yeah. like, the weird shit he was saying, Jesus Christ. Oh, he was saying... <laughs> Embarrassing. A, he was saying a lot of... Yeah, I... Where he's going to snort things off of and I, I, I couldn't... I, I had to t- I couldn't watch the whole thing. And apparently she, she leaked it because um, of his national... F- or the, his flag stance or something? Yeah, yeah. She, she released it... In, uh, she f- labelled it as a protest, um, <laughs> which is very, very funny. Um, anyway, he is now resigned. Um, he said he's going to accept full responsibility for his actions. Obviously, he has to. But very funny story. Uh, there's not much into this at all. Um, Dolphins O-line's been terrible. Three first-round picks on their line. They're still terrible. Maybe it's because Foster was too busy doing that and not coaching them up. So I guess you can't possibly get a worse replacement. No. Although it is the NFL and the and Miami have had some, some weird stuff lately. The, the gas bong masking now looks <laughs> somewhat fun compared to all of this. Um, yeah, you also had the... Um, uh, the the bullying incident as well in the offensive line room. So, so we, Dolphins offensive line now I think is joining, and I'll skip ahead to cursed positions in the NFL. Um, so we could add Dolphins O line. We got the Chargers O line, Giants linebacker, Cleveland quarterback, and New Orleans safety come to mind. The Bucks kicker position is definitely cursed, yeah. and the Bucks uh, obviously severed ties with Nick Falk after he falked. Everything up uh, on Thursday Night Football. <laughs> and they signed Patrick Murray, who knows too well about the curse because he was cut there a few years ago when he got injured kicking for them. Um, so he, he made two appearances last year for the Browns. It's been derailed a little bit by injuries. He's still only 26. But he knows that this position's curse. And according to Bucks beat writer Rick Stroud, Murray's been seeking the help of a medium to, uh, medium, sorry, to help did I stutter? Made an error. Got to play it. Uh, to help with his mental toughness that comes with this job. I, I don't understand how a medium would help with this. That that is That's a surprise there's, to me. There's things that called sports psychology out there. That's all there. They've gone to a medium. You'd think, you know, by this point, it, it's not like this. It's surely, I guess it's the last the last call, right? You're out of ideas. They keep missing and they're missing whatever chip shots, missing everything. Let's get him in with a medium, but... I think, um, for me, I think he'll only be there for three weeks because I think Cairo Santos, when his feet is getting picked up. Oh, yeah, he's definitely going to be hot. And there's no way the Chiefs are going to sever ties with uh, Butker the way he's been no, well, they let, kicking the ball. They, they, they released uh, Santos off, off the IR this week. so yep. And Cairo did go down there for, for the shootout but wasn't fit enough to take place for the Bucks. So I feel like in three weeks, pick him up because at least you've seen him do it on the big stage yep. many a time. And I know Nick Falk has done it on the bigger stage as well, but... I you mean, know, I, yeah, it would have been nice if Nick missed the kick against the Colts in the playoffs, but, you know, here we are. Yeah. He he misses kicks against the Pats instead. But, uh, yeah, as standard. you said, this, this position, oh, it couldn't be more cursed. There, there was a thing I, lo- I looked at, so I worked with some NFL stats, and there's an expected goal stat. So, they're not, sorry, difficulties of goals, sorry. And it goes on about, you know, the percentage of ex- if any that NFL average kicker took a kick from that position and what their percentage accuracy would be. And, you know, Justin Tucker's plus 30%. You know, yeah. Matt Prater's plus 24 Most of the guys are within 1% or 2% of what they're expected to be. Roberto Aguayo was negative 36% oh, wow. last year. And bad. Nick Falk is negative, like, 25 this year. Like, because they're missing, you know, inside 30-yard kicks. Yeah. It's just, just consistently. You can't be doing that uh, in the NFL. You just you just can't. And um, they've got to... Maybe they've had the long snapper to the medium as well, take the, the well, place I, kick, the, the place I, holder. I don't know everyone. who tweeted about it, but... I, I, Someone did tweet that maybe, what if it is the long snapper? Like, after the all these time. kickers lose jobs, it, it could have been the long snapper, um, which that 
is an interesting point and something to monitor going forward. Yeah, but well, Mason Crosby missed two extra points with a new uh, long snapper, so maybe. It, I don't think people realise how hard that really is. Like me and we went down to pro kick and, and did some punting and and they do field goal stuff as well. And the long snapping and holding aspect is so easy to stuff up and it's just such a mundane play, mun, like routine play in the NFL. Like you just expected to make those, but it's, it's, it's long snapping's hard. Like I don't, I don't think people realize how hard that is, and we just shrug it off as something that has to be done so so easily, and you just expect it. So, well, yeah, a few inches off ruins the entire the entire play. It's crazy, and I I want to ask Patrick Murray though. Does he he knows Adam Vinatieri is still alive, right? Like, I understand if Vinatieri is dead that you get a help of a medium to speak to the <laughs> goat kicker, but like, just call him. Like, if you need some advice, call the fifty five year old that kicked to fifty five. Yard field goal the other day. He's never retiring. Yeah. Man, I really hope he plays until he's 50. It would be uh, astonishing to see. Uh, a last little bit of uh, news, and and it involves Josh Gordon, who I I can't get off Josh Gordon. I'm a big fan. Um, mm. He's won me a few fantasy leagues. I've got my eyes on him every week. I'm uh, always I'm like, watching. I pick him up? Ugh. Did you watch the 13-minute documentary on Uninterrupted? I have not. I know I have to, though. Okay. Uh, I watched it today. Uh, he discussed his history of drug use, his suspensions, his relationship with Roger Goodell. He said some really interesting stuff about that and his future. And he admitted to having massive drug problems. He admitted that his first sort of trip to rehab was just a publicity stunt. And a lot of people, and sort of the harshness of social media of, of just people just ripping into him and and I don't know, it was just really raw and honest and it was just really fascinating to watch. And I really am hoping he comes back, even if it's not this year, it's next year, because he's still so young. I'm rooting for the guy. I really just wanted to mention that everyone should, probably should watch his video. It's it's really, really good. We have a unique relationship with Goodell because, you know, not many people, players would have to talk to him or communicate with him throughout their career, right? But he's, you know, obviously had some interactions already. So I'm interested to watch it myself. And I've been on Josh Gordon Island for a long time. And I'm hoping that at some point, I don't even expect him to come back and be a superstar, but just for his, for his own yeah. sake, come back and play some NFL snaps. He had like, in the video, had like his first and second training sessions since being in rehab for 70 days. He's just first lot. He said he can still work out in rehab, but they have a very basic gym set up and, and it's not quite elite performance sort of athletics that he does. Guy is an unbelievable specimen. He's a freak, and his coach is an Olympian, a former Olympian. He reckons that if Josh Gordon doesn't want to play football, he he could train him up. He reckons he could be an Olympic champion at like 400 meters. He's just he's a built, freak. Yeah, he's just unbelievably fast and he's such in good shape. But even if he doesn't come back to the NFL, I'm just rooting that he like has a good life because he yeah. he clearly had some demons and some issues. But looks like he's actually gone about it the right way this time. So. uh uh, I just recommend that people, oh, yeah. people you, watch you that. You talked about cursed positions earlier, and you mentioned the Cleveland quarterback. He was so good, he made the Cleveland quarterbacks look okay. Yeah, I mean, Kaiser with his arm could really do with Josh Gordon. It would be uh, would be a fascinating watch. He could do with Corey Coleman as well. They or anybody, do, yeah. or anybody. Oh, it's anything. Brit. <laughs> three-point stance. All right, our three-point stance this week, and we'll kick it off with our first topic. Uh, and it's one that I, I'm interested to talk about. And last year we had kind of some similar issues but outside of the Chiefs do we actually have any good good teams in the NFL like who is the number two team in the NFL behind the Chiefs because I'm looking at a lot of teams and I see a lot of flawed teams 
I think, or you mentioned that it's a weird year. It's a weirdly high level of mediocre play this year. Like there's there's not as many really awful teams. There's not as many great teams. I mean, this year, 21 of the 31 teams are between, sorry, 32 teams are between two and three or three and two records. Yep. Same point last year. There's only 13 of them. There we go. And yeah, so. and there was there's only three four and one records at this point, and there was six of them last year. It's a big drop off. But um, yeah, you know, there's there's a bit of a cluster there, but there's. There's no standout candidate behind the Chiefs of who 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 you know who is number two. And I think that cluster, you know, you'll see the Panthers, the Eagles, uh, the Broncos for me, uh, the Packers, and you know the Patriots. You can't really rule them out. And maybe at a stretch, I know they've been poor, but the Seahawks for me, just because just I yeah. know what they are. And the Falcons, we've got Falcons. To mention sorry, as well. yeah. it feels like forever since we watched them play because they've just had the buy. Look, I know it's only early. We're only five weeks in. We're heading into week six, but yeah, it does feel like that. Like majority of the teams, and that stat you just said was really interesting, is that it feels like everything apart from some really bad teams and, and possibly the Chiefs and maybe one or two NFC teams, I feel like all the teams are going to finish within two games above or below 500. feels like we could have like 15 teams between 7 and 9 and even more than that, 9 and 7. Well, you say bad teams, but even teams like the Jets are winning football games now. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. And the Giants, you know, they're bad, but they're zero and five somehow with with the roster they have. And yeah, it's it's been a real strange season, and and the flaws are evident in those in those teams, you know, behind the pack. I mean, I'm a huge Packers fan, and I think we're a really good chance of making the Super Bowl. But you can't ignore that defense. I know it's improved, but that's just going to be an issue the entire year at some point. Yeah, and I look. I think Rodgers is the MVP of the league right now. I know many want to say Alex Smith, but I, I just can't do it. He's got um, a running game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Aaron Rodgers, like you've been missing your two tackles. So, look, obviously you're going to get some players back. Your defense has shown signs of vast improvement. And I was low on your – we had many a conversation before the season started that I was possibly too low on your, on your, on your defense. Mm-hmm. And I think – you and another friend of mine, our sorry, Jake, you guys might have been a little bit too high on the defense. We found so I the think, middle ground, man. I think it was somewhere in the middle there that we're right. But, like, Kevin King and Josh Jones look – Josh Jones especially looks legit. He does. Uh, Kevin King, uh, I want to see a little bit more first before I get overly excited. But, obviously, the body is there and the he's a freak. He's a spark freak. But – Mike Daniels will be back as well. Clay Matthews looks a lot better this year than he has over the what last three years probably. Yep. Um, so it's it's going to get better, and obviously the emergence of Aaron Jones. But yeah, I, I feel like with Aaron Rodgers being the way that he is, it's very Manning Colts era for me, and it very it feels very very familiar uh, where you carry a bad defense and you just make your team better. I'd, I'd probably have to say that they are probably the, the number two team. In the NFL, although a few listeners think that the winner of the Eagles-Panthers game would probably be the number two team in the NFL. Yeah. But with that Packers defense, I think there is some signs of life, as you're saying there. I mean, they got a key pick six last week, you know, in a game. And finally, they got Rodgers the ball in overtime for the second time in his career. So he approved his overtime record to one and seven. And, you know, they're 10th they're in negative plays in, in the NFL and they're 5th in turnovers, which is nice. But the real issue is once they're stuck on the field, they can't get you off of it. If you've gone, if you get two or three first downs... You're going to score points and they can't finish drives. They, they, they've, they've allowed the most five-minute-plus drives in the league, and they've also have the worst record of turning those into points. And they're also yep. the worst red zone defense. You know, okay. uh, they're equal with the Browns. That's not great. No. So I, I think once they that they get going, you've got trouble. But as you said, you mentioned earlier, they've been injuries. I mean, Kevin King's injured. Mike Daniels has been injured. Uh, 
Uh, Nick Perry's been injured, and that line, we've had five injuries along the line. They haven't had the, both the tackles start together. And I think that's why they're a contender, though, the Packers, because four and one with all that put together and how Rodgers is playing. And if you bring in a run game with Tom Montgomery, uh, sorry, with Aaron Jones now, just with how Rodgers are playing, you know, the most efficient guy in the red zone currently, they're, they're, they're the closest contender for me. And obviously I've got my bias on, but... No, I, you know. I, I I certainly agree with you. Look, you're 19th in pass defense and 20th in rush in, in DVOA. It ain't 32nd like it was exactly. last year. Exactly. If, if you can get... If you could be like a top 15 or even just a top 17, just improve that just a, a smidge, I think you have to crown them the way that Aaron Rodgers is. Right now, he is... He's just, you know, I'm not even have. I don't have my Packers fan on, and I'm going to be. I am Peyton Manning is the goat in my eyes until I die. <laughs> um, that's that's the it's way close. I am, and I don't care what anyone says to me. And I'll, I'll my mentions will get flooded again after this. That every year, bring it on. But Aaron Rodgers makes me think long and hard about that because he <laughs> watching him play is unbelievable. I think he's probably the most physically gifted quarterback I've ever seen. I think Peyton's the smartest, yeah, and that's where Rodgers is the physically If gifted. you could merge the perfect quarterback together, it's like... And Aaron Rodgers is smart. I'm not saying he's stupid. He is a smart guy. I've got Mina Kimes' piece on my... Uh, you'll see it over there, ESPN the magazine. Um, great read. He's an incredibly articulate guy, but if you could put Manning's brain in Aaron Rodgers' body, like, it, it is the, like... You would win every Super Bowl. Um, or not quite, because you'd still need... You know, Bill Belichick I mean, in the defense. But you know what I'm saying. It, it, it's just, he is just so damn good. And, and I think like he Peyton. makes you. That one, one minute 13 wasn't long enough. It, like, it just, everyone said that's not, that's too, that's too much time. And yeah. that's just like, felt like Peyton again. And you make a good point. They're yep. carrying a franchise, but yep. there is those odd years and the defense kind of turns up that those teams challenge. And I think this might be one of those years for the Packers. Yep. Um, look, obviously the Patriots pedigree is enough to still keep them as a top two or three team. Their defense is bad. Um, it is bad. Stefan Gilmore hasn't quite worked out, but you just have to trust the pedigree that that Belichick and Patricia and you know and Robert Kraft allowing Belichick to make moves and trades and acquisitions and things like that down the line that they they can you know they could limp in at eleven and five or ten and six into the playoffs and they'll always always be a contender because. It's just the it's just the way that they are, and they make plays at the right time. It's a cliche, yep. but it's something about that team and and what the culture they built that that yep. defense will make plays when it matters. And yep. as you said, ten and six, they could limp in and still go to the Super Bowl easily with just how they play. Yep. I've got a question for you about the Redskins because I think I've said all off season that they're a tough. T- I can't read them. Like I'm, I struggle to read them. But are they under the radar good? Because if you look at their roster, there's no overwhelming. Strengths. There's there's nothing there that you really get scared of, but there's no overwhelming weakness either. When I look at it, there, there's no like glaring holes. Like kind of like the anti Jaguars, where the Jaguars are really really strong in certain points, but they're really really weak yeah. in others. But maybe they are, and they've had a bias. So we've only seen them play four, but you know they embarrassed the Raiders. They they pushed the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Maybe that they're a, you know a top five team in the NFL. Yeah, I think and I my, don't even buy Kirk Cousins. No, I think my main concern is that they haven't figured out to use Terrell Pryor and their run game still sucks. I think that's my main concern. I think mm. they tried to make Terrell Pryor be Pierre Garçon and he can't beat guys laterally like Garçon can. He's got to go down the field and I think they'll they'll learn that. You know, he should be playing the DJX role. You know, for yeah, me. So I, I think they'll learn that and they might get crowded more involved. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying though, that they're strong 
in most positions. I know, again, I don't like uh, uh, Samaj Perron. I don't like Rob Kelly. But Chris Thompson's interesting out of the backfield. Yeah. They've got a lot of receivers, and the defense is, is quite solid. So with how everyone else is going, you only have to be better than average to be the mm. single seventh best team in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, and, and DVOA, they're, they're, they're pretty good. Seventh in pass defense, eighth in rush defense. And then, you know, overall, like, they're, they're rating, you know, in the top five or six. So it's... It's hard to not ignore them. They just don't have like a lot of super superstars, and obviously Jordan Reed's a superstar. But you yeah. know, it's, it's just hard to to judge them. And then there's these teams that they're winning off the back of the insanely strong units. You know, we talked about Aaron Rodgers, but they're just so lackluster elsewhere. I mentioned the Jags' defense, and we're going to get into them in a little bit. But the Vikings' defense for me, obviously, the quarterback issues are you know are there. We saw it with Keenan. We saw it with Bradford being injured, but. And, and losing Dalvin Cook. But this defense is unbelievable. It is. I think Everson Griffin is a contender for Defensive Player of the Year. He's my number two right there now. There you go, number two. I, I, I just really have... I just think Jalen Ramsey is just, just unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I just think because, you know, pass rushes are a bit more valued, he's more likely. Yeah. He's got six sacks. He's on pace for 18 or 19 sacks. And the amount, I couldn't get pressures because I can't work PFF out today, but yeah. there's an the same amount of pressures and, and negative gain tackles in him as well. He's... He's giving tackle, tackles, you know, left and right tackles trouble, going across the line, and I'm loving that. And then, you know, you add in Harrison Smith and Xavier Rhodes and just the, the whole talent on that defensive line. It's, it's such a great unit. And, again, we said earlier, playmakers, I mean, you know, Xavier Rhodes, playmaker, Harrison Smith, great playmakers. They've got them. Yeah. Uh, Harrison Smith, like Eric Berry, Earl Thomas, Harrison Smith, how do you, how do you rank them? Like, what do you do? Like Earl Eric, Thomas still number one for me. Yeah, I I, I, he's... Harrison Smith's been the healthiest over the last sort of three years. So when you look at his overall numbers and production, he probably grounds out, you know, grades out on top. But it's just, yeah, well, we saw Earl Thomas's yeah, freak play with that, that Todd, Todd Gurley play that he made. It's unbelievable. Like, I, I was confused when it happened because I was like, did he did he really just do that? And if you don't know what he did, um, Todd Gurley crossing for a touchdown in the corner, Earl Thomas comes from nowhere and punches it out for a fumble through the end zone yeah. to get Seahawks possession. And, yeah. You know, that might have been the match winning play on the really early in the game, and he's something yeah, else. But, um, he, just the three of them, we're so blessed right now. You know, Harrison Smith is just... Oh. And with those with the Vikings, I think, you know, it's unfortunate with Sam Bradford. He's, he's, his knees, we know what they're like. And once that went, you never knew how he'd come back the rest of the yeah. season. He had one of his best games of his career, you know, the first week of this season. And yeah. there's weapons there. I mean, Adam Thielen, you know, beats people on routes all day. Uh, Stefan Diggs route tree probably one of the best in the league, and I think yep. he's you know one of the better wide uh, wide receivers you know going around. And then he had Dalvin Cook, and he had McKinnon, an interesting guy on third downs occasionally. He had Kyle Rudolph. He had this, yeah. and the line was playing okay. Yeah, I mean the line is still playing okay, which is why McKinnon's looked decent when he's come in. But yeah, just with Bradford and Keenum, and maybe Teddy Bridgewater later in the year. I don't I have no confidence in any of them currently, no, which is unfortunate. Bad sort of quarterback, maybe another curse position is Viking quarterback's knees um, at this point. But um, I would love Everson Griffin to, you know, everyone talks about Justin Houston and Von Miller and J.J. Watt trying to break the sack record. I, I would just love if out of nowhere it's it's Everson Griffin who breaks the, <laughs> breaks the sack record. I had a bold prediction that three Vikings players would have double-digit sacks this year. And Griffin, Linval, Joseph are uh, well on their way. I just need uh, some uh, Anthony Barr action happening, and uh, we'll see how we go. That was a bad sentence. I just realized bar action is not a <laughs> great combo yep. of words. But anyway, uh, see, we mentioned El Thomas. You know, they're, they're superb, superb defensively. We don't need to go down that route. Sheldon Richardson played really well as well. But their offense is an absolute mess. And 
I keep trying to, you know, fantasy-wise, trying to work out what share I want in the run game. You know what? I don't want any shares in the run game. All the Seattle running backs droppable. I'm out of that. But the overall, as, as an offense, it's just it's a tough watch. Even Russell Wilson, you know, I'm not going to throw him under the bus because the O-line's an issue, and then that would be very hypocritical of me when I've always been Team Andrew Luck against Russell Wilson when the argument was always that Luck had bad O-lines. I'm not going to throw Russell Wilson, but he has missed a few plays and hasn't quite been as good as he has been behind a worse probably offensive line in in previous years. I think once you, you, you know, get used to running for your life. Sometimes you can't settle in a pocket when it's there. Mm. And there's been a, that, a bit of that with Russ this year. Ghost. You know, Got the jelly leg seeing ghosts and not hitting open targets. But I just think we've seen this trend with the Seahawks so often that they've started slow on offense and they've worked it out that I can't write them off for the end of the year. I just I just feel like they'll build slowly. And they're a team that, they defy statistics. I mean, since 2012, they're the only team in the NFL with a winning record scoring one or less touchdown. Like, how do you win more? Like, they've got 65% win record with one or less touchdowns scored. And that's just it. The defense makes plays. And the offense offense won't beat themselves, you know. Russ Wilson isn't really throwing game-losing intercepts. And I know the run game's not there. And I know they're not great Rawls or Lacey or Chris Carson. But, you know, we've seen some random games. Like, last year, end of the year, Thomas Rawls set that, that playoff record for the Seahawks. Maybe mm. something can develop there. And, you know, it, it's still it's still a hard watch seeing Jimmy Graham so underutilized. But again, that that guy's still on the roster. That weapon's still there. So it's hard for me to, yep. you know, not think that. I think there's more talent on that offense than we see with the Jags or something. You know, and yep. the defense isn't as good, but it's still a really strong defense. And that, yeah, they're up there for me. Yeah, exactly. And when you only need to score 17 points a game to win a game, you you can trust that they'll they'll eventually get it together as the as the year goes on. That is correct. All right, we'll move on to our second point in the three-point three stance. That's talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, look, obviously, they've had a little bit of success being 3-2, and two, and they botched a win against the Jets last week that will be part of this this conversation as to whether they can have sustain, sustained success in the NFL with, with the formula that they're playing. So, you know, they, they end up going worse in games the more their quarterback has to throw the football. So... Obviously, their recipe is, you know, Blake Bortles throws it 15 to 20 times a game. That yields their best results. Running the ball 20 to 30, 25 to 30 times a game. Forcing turnovers and, and playing tough defense. In today's NFL, is that going to be sustainable success or or what? I mean, we've seen Denver do it with the, the zombie Peyton Manning version, win a Super Bowl with very similar success. But I think even zombie... Peyton Manning is a lot safer with the football than Blake Bortles. I think that's what you touched on there is, is accurate. I think, you know, you look back to Brad Johnson and the Buccaneers or Trent Dilfer and the Ravens with those good defenses yep. in the early thousands. And that was the same kind of recipe is that fantastic yep. defense. We had a quarterback who didn't turn the ball over. Yep. And I just can't trust Blake Bortles. I've seen too much of it to think, you know, not only turn the ball over, but to think as well, there's going to be situations this season that the defense kept me in the game. It's going to be, you know, 17-14 or 14-14 and Bortles gets the ball with two minutes to go. And they can't lean on Fournette. Yep. And he's going to have to do something. And, you know, Alan Robinson isn't there. The playmaker's not there. Yep. And Hearns and Marquise Lee are decent. They're okay. But I just can't trust him to, to win those kind of close games. And yeah. you can't lean on a defense for every single game. There were some games, like, you know, in that Broncos run that Peyton won. Yep. Well, Peyton also had the thing that Waddles doesn't have. The audibles at the line. Yep. He, keeps, he was doing the right thing. Keeps teams guessing. Keeps teams guessing. Waddles yep. doesn't do that. And the defense is amazing. But at some point, you know, I just I can't trust them. I think they could be a playoff team. 
Yeah. Maybe just on that defense. But we've just talked about there's not that many good teams yeah. in the NFL. So making the playoffs this year is probably not that big of an achievement. It's not. So it it's hard. Like, they, they forced 14 turnovers this year, and they only generated 13 all of last season. So they're playing great. They're the first-ranked DVO defense. They're still, thir- still ranked 31st in run defense. That's how great their, their pass defense is. And this is my favorite stat of all, that you'll get a better passer rating spiking the football than throwing at A.J. Boy and Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, A.J. Bouye has worked out really well for them. I'm happy it has because often we see those guys, you know, one or two good seasons, moving free agency. It wasn't, even, and it wasn't one or two good seasons. It was, it was, like, season. it was like eight games <laughs> yeah. or something. Like, so you're right. But yeah. I guess when, he, when he's covering the, you know, the second wide receiver, it's a little easier than Jalen yeah. Ramsey's taking the big dog. And it's a funny discussion that comes up often, and I don't know who sits on the Zeke Elliott side, but Zeke versus Jalen Ramsey oh, is the dumbest argument should, of all. Should have on, taken Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, it's the dumbest argument that happens often on, on NFL Twitter. It's like... If you look at the, the the draft this year, there's like five good rookie running backs who would kill it behind that Cowboys line. Yeah, there's look, no Jalen Ramsey. I'm not doubting Zeke's no. special. Like he's better than your Aaron Joneses and your Marlon yeah, Max every day of the week. But we're not even just talking like a late round running back. Like they could have just gone Jalen and then Derrick Henry, and they would be fine. Yeah, and they'd have Jalen Ramsey locking down the, uh, corners for weeks. Maybe they don't lose last week. You know, yeah. Devonta Adams doesn't make a fool out of the other rookie. You know, yeah. And, and Jordan Lewis looks pretty good, but um, obviously it was just a perfect throw from Aaron Rodgers, obviously. But I, I just don't know whether the Jaguars can can do it. You know, we saw last week the old type of Jaguars culture blowing it against the Jets. Yeah. I just don't know if they can actually continue with this sustained success. Being ranked 31st against the run is going to be an issue if you're trying to be a ground and pound team, if teams can do the same thing back to you. Uh, they can't beat Denver. 100% they can't beat Denver. You know, Denver will shut down their their, their, their rush. They'll shut down Lenny, and, and he's been great, and their offensive line is adapting to him, and they're opening up bigger holes, and it's working out well. But you can't just have just a run game in the modern NFL. It's not how the, how the game's built. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm just looking at that I don't have Denver on their schedule. That would that'd be a great litmus test. Well, it, it's a weird as well. This Jags team is like, it's the only team in the NFL I'd rather watch their defense than their offense. I'd rather <laughs> see them on defense. <laughs> yeah. It's they do play Seattle later in December. I'd like to see how they go about it, even though Seattle's not great against the run. But when you don't have to respect a passing Team, I think Seattle might show you the recipe to shut down Leonard Fournette and this uh, this running game. But yeah. yeah, I am interested to see how how it actually you know pans out and, and what we you know what they can achieve. Um, and this, I've got a question after we go into our next topic, and it involves the Jags. So our, our next one is you know the age old decisions about the, about old age for some teams that are in transition. So you know the the, the Cardinals they traded for for Adrian Peterson, they look like a perfect strip it down and rebuild from the ground up team next year. Carson Palmer gone. I think Bruce Arians is probably going to retire. He's had a lot of health issues. Um, And if he survives watching the replay of the Eagles game, (laughs) um, I hope his heart's okay. I'm not trying to be rude, but don't rewatch that replay, Bruce, please. He's probably already watched it, but that was, that were dreadful. Um, So many mistakes, but I think, you know, if you're if you're the Cardinals, I think severing ties, and I don't think Carson's the issue. No, I think it's the, the surrounding talent around him. But when you have a veteran quarterback, you don't have you can't re you can't rebuild around a player that old. Like it's just it's not just draft two offensive linemen and your all your issues are solved. It's it's the weapons as well. Larry Fitzgerald's getting on as well. Like 
What do you do if you're the if you're the Cardinals in this situation? There's a concern on both sides of the ball too. I mean, the defense is just not what it was two years ago. I know the offense is nowhere near it, but you know you're not getting the same out of the Honey Badger. You're not getting the same out out of uh, Patterson. You know that's it's just not there. Peterson, sorry, I want to say. Yep. Um, uh, but on offense, yeah, like I think some of it's the scheme as well. As I said earlier, they're not putting in blocking tight ends enough for Carson, and they get they, he's getting sent to the wall sometimes behind five linemen and. He's just old. Like he can't. He hasn't got the ability to extend plays anymore, and no. that's not on him. He's actually he, he looks okay. He doesn't look as bad as some of the other quarterbacks talk about in this. But without the weapons, I think it's one of those ones you got to burn this to the ground because Larry Fitz isn't going to be there for much longer, and you haven't seen JJ Nelson or John Brown or Jaron Brown kick on like you'd like you would have liked. Yep. And I just think you know, set it all on fire and see what happens. David Johnson, you can build around him kind of and get a decentish quarterback yeah. and hope something happens, but. I- I think that a couple of wins probably stops them from trading some assets away because they, they'd be the perfect shut it down, throw the towel in this year, acquire assets. Yeah. Because they still have, like, you know, you talk about the defense still not being what it is, but they still have good pieces. Like, he's injured at the moment, but Marcus Golden, Buddha Baker, Patrick Peterson, Tyrone Matthew, Hassan Reddick, they're all going to be great. They're all great mm. players. So there is, like all these pieces there that they can build around that I think like a team could do with Carson Palmer as their possible backup. Like if you had Carson Palmer on say the, the, the Vikings. Yeah. Hell yeah. It would be a different thing or Adrian, uh, or Larry Jags. Fitzgerald. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or Larry Fitzgerald on a team that's, that needs, a, you know, a difference maker at the wide receiver position. Um, then they could probably get something for them, but I think they, a couple of wins still puts them in the, in this, you know, Point five hundred league where everyone's you know five hundred still gives them a, a tiny playoff chance even though they're one of the worst two and three teams in in the league. Yeah. They miss Calais Campbell as well a lot. Yeah, and huge. I, and fantasy tip: if you own David Johnson, I'd be trading him while I could. I'm not sure he comes back if they're you know three wins or whatever. And yep. people will still pay m- money for him because he's David Johnson. So I'd be getting rid of him while I could. Yep. Get someone who can contribute now. All right, this is the question I want to mention to you, and we'll, we'll talk about Big Ben in a second, but Eli Manning and the Giants, and we just talked about the Jags possibly, you know, taking Carson Palmer. If you're the 0-5 Giants, you've lost Brandon Marshall for the year, Odell Beckham for the year. God, injuries suck last week. J.J. Watt as well. Just awful. But Non-quarterback stars, the two biggest ones, right? Uh, yeah. Gons- J.J. and o- Odell. Yeah, Gonski. And it's and it's, it's just terrible because fourth quarter when OBJ can take over a game it's just so fun on a and they're always in that afternoon slot like when you wake up and you're eating breakfast at 7.30 it's just it's Odell Beckham time when he used to take over games and win the Giants these games late it's just nothing so you're 0-5 you've got a 36 year old quarterback you've got a 7 of of an offensive line if Tom Coughlin rings you and you're the Giants do you what, what would you trade Eli Manning away? Like, I, I mean, I've not got sentimental attachment to Eli Manning, so the I know, answer. I know is, he's won two Super Bowls. I know it's tough to trade that away. My answer is like yes, and yeah. how fast? Yeah, like, like you, to me, there's this weird symmetry between we've talked about Peyton earlier, but right now again, it's like Peyton was you know with the Colts for so long, and then there was that one year they lost their best player, which happened to be Peyton. Yeah. And they, they end up with Andrew Luck. Yep. The Giants have an opportunity now. The zero and five, they exactly. lose their best player, Odell. Well, the Sam Donald's there next year. Yeah, you know? or, or Josh Rosen, <laughs> or, Josh, or, Josh Rosen. or Lamar Jackson. Like, even if you get a top three pick. You get one of those guys. Exactly, and I think that's the way to go. And if, if the Jaguars say, I'll give you a second-round pick for Eli Manning, like, you would take that, wouldn't you? Like, yeah. 
Hell yeah. You look at their schedule. They play they're at mile high. Then they play the Seahawks, the Rams. Then they, they might get a win at 49ers. But then they play the Chiefs, the Redskins, at Raiders. Cowboys, Eagles. Like, it's hard-pressed to find them scoring enough points against these teams to rack up wins. They're at probably at highest a five-win team because your division games are always close. So you could give them maybe two or three of those. At worst, you're a five-win team. Realistically, they're a two-win to three-win team now. As good as their defense is and Landon Collins and, and Pierre Paul are, I just think if you can trade that away, secure a top three pick, I know it sucks. I know it's, you know, the alternative to Eli Manning. I've always said, what's the alternative? And there's never a surefire hit in the top three pick. But when the guy's 36, you already should be looking for an alternative anyway. I don't think Davis Webb is the answer. But at least you'll know. Like, if you yeah. play him this year, at least you'll know. I I would do it. And Eli hasn't been great the last two seasons, and Odell's made him look great. And I just think, you know, the, the time is coming, and that defense is decent, but they're going to be on the field a lot now. You know, there's no run game at the Giants. I mean, Wayne Gorman looks okay, but, you know, he's not going to keep them on the field longer. There's no receivers, as you said. They lost their top two, and Sterling's struggling as well. So, yeah. who knows? I think it... I know Giants fans probably disagree, but I think the time is right, and there's still some value in Eli Manning, and you can move on. And who knows, one or two draft picks next year, you could be you could be back right back, yeah. right back up I with think, that defense. And I think the Jaguars would be a legit contender in the AFC. As bad as Eli has been, he's not Blake Bortles. Better than Bortles. He, Better than yeah, Bortles. Exactly, and I think he, that he would make them. You at least have to respect the passing game and what he brings. But uh, oh well, we'll we'll just have to move on. Uh, all right, to a lesser extent. Big Ben and the Steelers. I'm not going to overreact to, to Big Ben. That's his first time throwing a, a five-interception game. The game plan from Todd Haley was all wrong. It was just... I don't understand it at all. I'm not going to overreact and say, Big Ben, is he done or anything like that. But I'm actually buying a little bit the retirement talks from Big Ben because I can see the frustration. I can see some wear and tear on his body. And I don't think the end is near for Big Ben. But I do. I am concerned that you know he, he was... One of the he's one of the best deep passes of all time as as a, as a thrower as a clock tower quarterback. His deep passing's huge, but he's ranked behind Blake Bortles this year. He's dead last. He's five of twenty seven for one hundred eighty three yards and no touchdowns. And he has Antonio Brown and Martavis Bryant. Can't hit him. Yeah, he 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 has lost the deep ball, and he's going to have to react and and adjust to that. And he can still he can still be a great quarterback, a, a top you know, six, top ten quarterback in this league. But I do think if you are the Steelers, like how do you approach this offseason coming up? And I still think they make the playoffs. I, I'm not. I actually think, and we're going to get to our week six. I actually think they go into Arrowhead and win this week. Mm. But um, I don't know what you do with your situation right now if you're the Steelers. I'm not saying trade Big Ben or anything no. like that. But how do you? You know, what do you do? Like it's a weird situation because Big Ben isn't. You know, I'm saying this sarcastic. Isn't one to you know over dramatize things, but I actually am buying. I actually am buying if he is going to talk about retirement this off season. I actually will be buying it. I didn't buy it last off season that I no. saw him play this year. I'm not saying, as he said, there's been a, there has been some regression. He's not extending plays like he used to. The deep ball isn't there, but I still think he's a decent quarterback. I mean, he only turned the ball over twice in the first four weeks, and people look at his stats now and think, oh, it's the worst touchdown percent of his career, or it's his worst yards per attempt of his career, whatever. But it's only five weeks. And that, that can happen. You can pull five weeks of anyone's. And, you know, the first five weeks Aaron Rodgers last year was a disgrace, for example. Play, good players can come back. And I don't think 
Uh, I don't think it's enough football yep. from Ben to write him off yet. And yep. I think part of the issue also comes with they handed the keys to Le'Veon Bell last season. And, you know, there's a couple of games where he had over 30 carries and he had 10 games over 25 touches. And he hasn't been that level this year. Yep. And there's a few things they've got to figure out. They've got to figure out, firstly, how to not rely on the deep ball so much. You know, you've got yep. Antonio Brown. He'll be open anyway. Maybe yep. some more slant routes and some things closer to the line. Yeah. You know? And I think they need to sit down Martavis and just explain to him that, look, you, you might not blow up on the stat sheet this year, yeah. but you opening up the field for us is in, is just invaluable. It is. And he's getting open a lot and Ben's yeah. missing him, but, and yeah. he looks frustrated, but that's part of football but sometimes. De- but defenses have to respect that. And all Big Ben has to do is hit one or two of those, and that's mm. enough. That's enough for teams to say, okay. I'm still not used to him missing open and Antonio yeah. Brown, though. It happened it's, again this week. Yeah. Like they play action, they went deep, and he it's, missed him, and I, I was... What? <laughs> There's a good article on CBS about sort of his ebbs and flows in his career. And over the last few years, he has had sort of patches of three or four games where he's been quite bad and then he's turned it around. But if you look over the last sort of 18 months, it's been a lot worse, sort of trending on just a little bit of a downward progression. Not quite a cliff like we've seen with, you know, other older quarterbacks. But it is it is an interesting read. And, and there was a video attached to that discussing that maybe that this hostility involving the old anthem, and I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but that Big Ben and, and, and Antonio Brown are clashing over over this type of issues and, and stuff in the locker room that might be a reason to blame for all that. So, you know, something as simple as a conversation between the two might actually solve that problem if that is actually the issue and we could see it ab- absolutely turn around. There's still a great team. There's still the fifth-ranked DVOA defense. They're yeah. still a great... Their, their defense is really good. I, I still think they'll win the division. I'm not... not I'm absolutely not worried about Pittsburgh. That, that's a blemish in... Sometimes it just snowballs when you're down in a game. You, you throw five picks. A couple of those were tipped and things like that, but... Some of the but, great plays by the Jags defense. Yeah, no, just, they're not getting any credit still, by the way, the Jags defense. <laughs> Even though we've token, spoken about them, not yeah. many are. Yeah, it's... it's uh, yeah. But yeah, you know, it's, it's weird looking at a Steelers team and seeing that defense, you know, they're built to back up and how good it is and seeing those weapons on offense and seeing that Big Ben is probably playing the worst of all of them. You know, still a good old online. It is weird seeing that. But as yep. you said, AFC North pretty weak this year. I think what, there's only five quarterbacks in the NFL with more than five, sorry, four with more than five picks and all in the AFC North. So it's not, a, it's not a top division at the moment. But I think, you know, you back Big Ben to turn around. He's not going to be who he was five years ago. But, you know, early in his career, he wasn't the world's greatest quarterback. Either they won football games. It can yeah. happen again. I mean, they won their Super Bowls, and he was not even remotely to how he's been over the last decade. Yeah. And, and same with Brady. when he like From, like, 2005, before he beat the, the Seahawks, some of Brady's best years, zero titles. You, you, just need to, you just need to have the roster, and I think Pittsburgh have the roster, that you need your quarterback to make a few plays, and Brady and Ben can do it. When when January hits, that they can make plays, even if they're playing terrible all throughout October and November. Not that Brady is, but I'm just hypothetically speaking, um, they can just limp into the playoffs and still be a four. So I'm not going to completely throw the towel in on Big Ben, but I do think if he does talk a little retirement, I am going to my eyebrows oh, my eyebrows are raised at this point. Um, that's as that's as far as I go there. It is weird that you also see we've got um. In the same kind of time, we're seeing the regression of Eli, Phil Rivers, and Big Ben at the exact same time. I was going to make that the uh, the stance, but I, I, I needed to include Carson Palmer. Yeah. I was going to talk about the 2004 quarterback class, but hey, Phil Rivers had a win, so I'm not going to begrudge <laughs> He's the guy. your boy. I, was thought, I knew he wouldn't be on this list. Yeah, no, no way. Answer. I, I Maybe can't five wait. more weeks or something. can't wait for uh, his Hall of Fame speech. Three, snap, snap.
All right, let's uh, blaze through this because we spent a lot of time in the three-point stance, but it's some, there's some meaty topics this week, so it's good. All right, uh, probably the game of the week is on Thursday Night Football. I'm, I'm actually super keen for this one. Uh, Scott's come up from Melbourne um, to, to watch it. don't know why he's in Sydney, but um, our bold predictions king is in Sydney, so we'll be watching the game on Friday. Uh, Eagles-Panthers. Uh, Panthers at home. No Lane Johnson for the Eagles is purely why I'm picking the Panthers here. But I like the way both these teams are built. I've been saying all year I like the Eagles front front seven on on either front seven on defense and their offensive line. So they're built really well in the trenches, and it shows. Carson Wentz has been pretty good, but his job's made a lot easy because he's had a lot of short fields, a lot, and they're good on special teams as well. But in saying that, Cam Newton's playing really, really good, and I'm going to take the Panthers. I'm with you on that. I think Carson Wentz is one of those one of those guys that. Not a, I think he's an average quarterback mostly, but he has big plays in him that are quite quite good. I think he's got some real great plays in him. We've seen some of those this year, but with the way Cam's starting to play now, and, and that both defenses are good, but I just think Cam with those big body receivers, you know, you've got Kelvin, you've got Funches who run physical routes, and you've got Dixon. They're going to find ways to get open, and, and I think that that's it. And I'm hoping at some point, sometime this year, we'll see Christian McCaffrey do something. And I'm hoping Thursday night prime time we're going to get some McCaffrey action. Yeah, it's. A little bit concerning their lack of running game with McCaffrey. They were missing their center uh, last week. That, that really hurt. So Jonathan Stewart was not running the ball well either. But just as a pure receiver, um, a lot of scouts said they had a second, just a second-round grade on McCaffrey just as a receiver alone. So, um, you know, he's on pace for like 80 catches this year. So that's still hella good from a rookie. That, that, and, he, you know, the running will come together. He'll bulk up, in, you know, with the NFL training regimes and things like that. So... I'm not ready to throw the towel in on uh, on CMC uh, yet. Uh, all right, Bears, Ravens, not going to spend too much time this game. on this game. I'm not keen on it at all. The Ravens game's hard to read last week. Obviously, EJ Manuel and the Raiders just implode. They, Jared Cook just shot him shot himself and the team in the foot. And Look, Flacco looked a little bit better, but again, hard to read into this. The, the Bears defense, a lot better than the Oakland Raiders defense. Um Never thought I'd say that this year, but um, the Bears, sneaky, pretty good. Akeem Hicks is... I, I thought the Bears overpaid for him. I think so, they underpaid for him. Uh, he's playing great. The Bears defense are better at home, though. Much, much better at home. But in saying that, I liked what I saw from Trubisky. I am worried they only rolled out... They only sort of threw the most of their plays down the right-hand side of the yeah. field. So, kind of trying to even it out a little bit. But in saying that, I, I don't know. I like the Bears to get a sneaky upset this week. I don't want to pick anybody, but I'm picking the Ravens. Just they're at home. That's what I'm taking home. Better defense, and I think you know both offenses are equally poor. Yep. I would like to see a Tarek Cohen like something there that break the game open. Okay. Uh, Cleveland Browns, Houston Texans. This one's pretty simple. Houston Texans. Uh, it just sucks that we're not going to get a, a healthy season of Watt and Clowney together. But in mm. saying that, they found their quarterback. They found. I hate their... that Bill O'Brien found a quarterback. He doesn't deserve Deshaun exactly. Watson. Um, but. Um, you know, but they do. DeAndre Hopkins deserves Deshaun Watson. Insane and saying Will Fuller, that. man, he's all right too. <laughs> the regression's coming. He's had caught six catches and oh. he's got five touchdowns. I'm not, I'm not saying like don't go don't go play him in fantasy. Nah. Those fools, you don't do that. Yeah. But you know, open yeah. the open the field up yeah, for DeAndre. He's, it's great. He's done pretty well. But yeah, Texans is an easy pick for for both of us. Um, the Browns struggling big time. Um, we're wondering whether we'll see Kaiser or Hogan start. But either way. Um, offensively, they need to get something going there. Uh, Detroit Lions traveling to the Saints. Detroit, uh, I think Matt Stafford's questionable with an injury, but 
the Saints in the last couple of weeks, they've had they've had easier matchups, but their defenses got improved, and I think it's because Marshawn Lattimore's emergence in the secondary, he's a shutdown corner, um, gives me Jalen Ramsey feels, not quite as physical as as Jalen, and, and I'm not saying defensive player of the year type caliber player, but he is... Um, he's a special, special player, defensive, probably rookie of the year at this point uh, for me. And he's he's just made their, their defense a whole lot better, I think, at home. And, and Breeze is playing really well. I'm taking the Saints. Yeah, it's the Saints. I think the Lions offense has improved, but they're not stopping. Uh, sorry, defense has improved. But they're not stopping uh, the Saints in a dome at home. Matt's here. I'm picking the, the Saints. Yeah, look, I think Detroit Lions defense was underrated and then it got Overrated Real very, quickly. very, very quickly. Turnovers, man. Yeah, it just it just flipped. Glover Quinn's having a great year, but you know, t- turnovers and interceptions are relatively fluky. Um, so it's hard to extrapolate all of that together. So, uh, all right, Green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings, a little bit of a uh, inter divisional division rival game. You you know you're the Packers man. Mm. What are you going with? So I was really nervous for this game, like, week one. I was already, already circling it out, and I was really nervous with Sam Bradford. And I, and I still think, even with Case Keenum, their offense can can, can feast a little. I think we, we do struggle with Thielen and, and Diggs with just how good route runners they are. We will struggle. But I don't know. I just think, you know, Aaron Rodgers, how he's playing, getting healthier. He might have Bakhtiari and, and Bulaga together for once in this game and get more protection. And maybe that'll stop Everson Griffin and Limbaugh Joseph and Anthony Barr. All that pressure maybe will slow that down. I think, you know, the Packers having a run game and... Confident, we'll just get on top here, and I think it'll be close. I think the Vikings keep it close at home, but we'll sneak home on the Aaron Rodgers brilliance yeah. again. Vikings at home, definitely totally different team. If Dalvin was playing in this game, I would consider the Vikings. But Dalvin and Sam Bradford, it's a different game. Man. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, it's hard to go past the Packers. Uh, we won't spend too much time on on this one. Atlanta Falcons coming off a bye at home against a lackluster Dolphins team that's had been in the headlines for all the wrong reasons the last. 48 hours, uh, double-digit favorites, the Falcons. They're going to wax them. Should. W- <laughs> don't want to say that because it, <laughs> just. Okay, it's, been a, it. it's been a topsy-turvy year with They're upsets. They're going to wax but, them. But they should win and should win comfortably. Uh, we've both tipped the Falcons there. Uh, Patriots traveled to the Meadowlands to take on the Jets, both 3-2. and two. Who would have thought in week six the 3-2 and two Patriots would be traveling, traveling to the 3-2 and two Jets to possibly take <laughs> control of, of the AFC East? We uh, both tipped the Patriots. You got no concern about the Jets winning this game. I wanted right? to get my damn hands and pick the Jets, but I couldn't. You just no, can't. You just can't, you can't back Josh McCown against no. Bill Belichick. Although it's funny, the Jets have always been a team that can pull out a weird, sneaky win against the Pats. We've seen it before, where yeah. the Pats have been a much better team and lost to the Jets. But when the Patriots are three, uh, yeah, three and two, and and a little bit desperate for wins to try and make up ground and and try and possibly rely on maybe a tough, you know, AFC West giving the Chiefs a few losses and trying to get that one seed back, they need to win these type of games, and I think they will. Yeah, easy. Uh, 49ers travel to Washington, who are also up fresh off a bye. Uh, it, this is an easy game. The 49ers, are, look, they've been competitive in all of their games. Um, you know, they, they could have could have beaten the Rams, could have beaten the Colts. They've been in overtime a few times, so they're very unlucky to be 0-5, but in saying that, they're not a very great team. And we just talked before about how good the Redskins are and, and still overlooked because they just don't have any huge superstar quite type names or, or overwhelming strengths, but they should comfortably be, knock off the 49ers. Yeah, at home. I think at some point the 49ers will get a bit more tired as the season goes on and not really be in close contests like they were. And 
Yeah, I also, I don't know what's going on with Carlos High, but I don't like what I'm seeing with the, with the lack of usage for their best player. So It's really weird, but they've also been talking to him about an extension. So, I, like, it's... He's their best player. It's, it's, a, it's a weird sort of, like, you know, three or four months for Carlos Hyde because the Joe Williams hype started after the draft and everyone was like, oh, you know, Shanahan doesn't like Carlos Hyde. And then the same week where they were talking about an extension and he had a huge game against the Rams yeah. and Matt Bryder gets more snaps and it's... It's I don't know what's going on over there. Their defense is sneaky improved, though. Yeah, they they just need some secondary players, and it, it is much better looking forward to to next year. Uh, this is a game that I'm I'm keen to watch. Uh, you know, a much improved offense against the much improved defense. Two two of the great stories of the year so far in in the Rams and Jaguars playing each other in Jacksonville. Uh, we've actually split this game. You're you're all in on the on the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm not all in, but I just like that defense at home, and like you know, I actually like Jared Goff, and I'm really happy for him to be playing how he Same. is. And it's good. I think the best sign from last week's game is that when he when he did have those couple of turnovers, is that he still was able to lead the team down the field at the end and, and almost snatch that game, and that's a good sign that he still has confidence. And yep. I think he'll go to the Jacksonville and play quite well. But I'm just backing that defense. I know Gurley might gash them, you know, with his run game and out of the backfield, but I'm just backing the Jags at home and. It isn't it funny coming to this season. I would have hated this matchup. I would have mm. put this on the I'm do not really watch can. list. But this is I'm keen. I'm very yeah, keen. I'm, I'm very keen to watch the outcome of this. I just think back to the Jags botching the game against the Jets and Good think call. that after a huge riding wave, and we'll spend the week talking about Jag Jaguars being contenders and and sneaky playoff teams. That it just would be the standard Jags team to to uh, the bed and and lose at home uh, to the Rams. So I've gone with the Rams. <laughs> There, uh, unfortunately, the lost audio last week. I, I, I tipped the Seahawks against the Rams because I thought when the Rams were bad, they were the jinx for Seattle. Now that the Rams are good, you watch Seattle be the jinx <laughs> to them, and I, I, predi- I correctly predicted that. It's all gone uh, down, Buc- mate. Buccaneers at Cardinals. I, this game, I thought before the season started, would have been excited to watch. Not too keen. It's a bad jersey game too. I don't like the color schemes in this game at all. But um, I, I, I don't know. The Cardinals are really, really bad, so I'm expecting a, a bounce back and a better showing. And the Buccaneers were really, really bad, but they've had extra time to prepare. They've got a decent kicker now, so I think they can uh, <laughs> they can knock we off hope. the Cardinals. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals win here. I don't think the Buccaneers are as good as many had hoped. No, I don't think Jameis is is or Jameis is really clicking with uh with Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans is still going to feast there. But I think they need to feed Doug Martin a little more than last week. He looked exceptional, looked like you know every, every odd season Doug Martin as we've seen. He yep. looked great, so I need to feed him a little more. But I'm not in, as confident in their defense as I was in the preseason. So I'm I'm picking the Bucks, but it's not with high confidence. Even though this Cardinals team is hot garbage. Yeah, they they're twenty they're seventh against the rush the the uh, Cardinals so. Uh, Doug Martin will need to be really good for them to s- sort of get that run going. But I trust Peterson could shut down Mike Evans. He has in the past. Yeah. So, uh, They're going to get that play action going with Doug as well. Man. Yep. Keep him in there. Stop throwing in. Like, uh, I don't know why end of the last game why Rodgers played almost the entire fourth quarter Rogers, when Doug was on fire. Rodgers should only be in the game if Doug needs a breather. Yeah, Sims can play third down back. Yep, He's better exactly. than Rodgers in that role. Uh, Chargers at Raiders. It looks like Derek Carr is going to make a miraculous recovery and actually play in this game, but I am still worried that a hit from Ingram or Bosa just will just send him back to the bench at this point. But even then, I, I think the Chargers, even though they've they're one and four, I think they're still a, not that not that much worse than the Raiders. This is classic Chargers, though, isn't it? This it season, is. like uh, yeah. they've been okay always, but 
Yeah, I'm picking them too. Yeah, I actually, I actually think they are a better team than the yeah. Raiders. I, I, the Raiders' defense secondary is is really bad. Amari um, Cooper, that is one mystery this season. I have, whew, I am not sure what's I, going on there. You can't, kind of expect him to get healthy at some point and feast on someone, but he's been so bad. The yeah. miscommunication with his quarterbacks, running the wrong routes, all those drops. drops yeah, it's oh. unbelievable how much he's regressed in such a short time. So I wouldn't be surprised if he had a game with Derek Carr and he went for one fifty or whatever. Yeah, but I'm be. not expecting it. It's against against the Chargers, probably when it will happen. Yeah. Knowing the Chargers, yeah, like. they will, yeah, and Derek Carr probably come back and play with you know without being able to move out of the pocket and yep. still kill him. But I'm picking the Chargers, just basic that I don't think Carr will be fit. And even though EJ Manuel has been okay, they have no run game. Marshall Lynch is not Marshall Lynch. One yep. game was a was a myth. Yep. All right, uh, both picking the Chargers. Steelers Chiefs is a a playoff rematch, so it's always going to be an entertaining game. I think the Steelers are going to upset the Chiefs here in this game. I don't know why. I just think there's a there's a bounce back factor here, and I think it'd be you know, typical Chiefs, you know, five and zero, lose a game at home to the Steelers, and start people like me, who's often a Chiefs yeah, skeptic, you. to start questioning whether they are for real or or a contender after I've just called them the only good team in the NFL. <laughs> it would just just be typical, you know, why jinx here that the Chiefs lose this game to the Steelers after one of their most embarrassing defeats. But the, the Steelers can't be that bad again. And the Chiefs' secondary, as good as Marcus Peters is, they are missing Eric Berry a lot. And they have allowed and they have given up some big chunk plays. So I can see, um, you know, Antonio Brown playing on the other side of the field where Marcus Peters doesn't normally travel and feasting. And Martavis Bryant taking... You know, the, opening them up as well, and Le'Veon Bell running down their throat. I I can actually see the Steelers maybe getting a takeaway or two off Alex Smith, who hasn't thrown a pick this year yet, but he has still thrown some bad passes. He's just been a little bit lucky. I, I like the Steelers. Yeah, yeah, a couple uh, sideline interceptions this year. You know, get caught out at a yep. little player. Yeah, we've had me and you've jawed off a couple of times over the years about the Chiefs and how I, yep. I like them when you don't. And I'm, I'm, I'm as I said, like the Chiefs. I'm in. I like Alex Smith throwing the ball past the sticks. I love it. Um, yep. If Travis Kelsey plays, it's a really big one for them in this yep. game. I mean, without Travis Kelsey, then without Conley, you're relying on you know Tyra Hill and Albert yep. Wilson. Yep. And I know Kareem Hunt's been exceptional, but once you you take the the receivers away, it's a bit different. But Chiefs at home, I know they're going to lose at some point. I know it would make sense for the Steelers team to get healthy after a couple of disappointing weeks with the Bears and now this, but I just can't look past that Chiefs team, how they're playing. and Just that offense is just rolling, man, and this great play calling. Tyreek Hill and Kelsey and Kareem Hunt playing so well. $3 you can get Steelers at some places. Only 3 bucks. Yeah, it's tempting. I guess there's still the name brand Steelers. I think they yeah, can't be still a question mark over Kelsey. If he's out, then three dollars pretty good value. Uh, all right, Giants, Broncos. We won't spend too much time on this. <laughs> yes, please. Simeon's great. High altitude. We know that. Okay, at sea level, but he's good at at mile high. The Giants. How are they going to score points? They they've got R L J placing replacing O B J. I don't think they're Roger Lewis <laughs> Jr. replacing Odell Beckham Jr. Tavares King replacing Brandon Marshall. That's probably an upgrade to me, but um, obviously the drop-off from Roger Lewis from Odell Beckham's huge. I just can't see where the Giants score points against this Broncos team that's going to shut down the run. Very easy, Broncos. I think Roger Lewis is sneaky okay, but he's not a wide receiver one, obviously. So he's not going to generate offense for them. And their run game, I mean, please, the Denver Broncos should do this easily. And I think pressure at some point will force some turnovers from Eli when he's looking downfield and Simeon will take advantage. And CJ Anderson is going to feast. Yep. Uh, All right, Colts, Titans. uh, This is 
not quite what the NFL envisioned for their uh, Monday Night Football matchup, uh, possibly being Jacoby Brissett versus Matt Castle, mm. um, as opposed to Andrew Luck versus Marcus Mariota. Uh, I've, I've tipped the Titans provisionally for now. If I'm, I'm expecting Marcus to play. If he's not playing, I'm, I'm tipping the Colts. Uh, Castle's terrible. Yeah, that's my exact same pick. I think Castle is the worst quarterback to play in the NFL this year. Oh, I don't know. John yeah. Brody. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Case Keenum's somehow been sneaky okay, so yeah. like, I think Castle's the worst one to have played. Oh, Scott Tolzian says hello. Oh, I forgot about Scott Tolzian because yeah, yeah. Brissett's been so good. And yeah. I, I want to pick the, the Colts here, but just he said it. I think it depends on Mariota and... I'm loving Brissett, and I'm loving what he's doing with Ty, and I think they'll they might gash the Titans a couple of, uh, often, but still with Mariota fit in that run game, I think they'll take advantage. Yep, yep. Obviously, if if Marcus is out, that pick. Will Delaney change. Walker's a big out though. If Mariota isn't mobile, though, those kind of short routes aren't going to be there with, with Delaney Walker, so that that yep. that will hurt the Titans. Yep, massively. All right, Mitch, that that wraps up our show. Before uh, we finish up, just uh, where can people? F- Thanks for filling in and driving all the way out here on the middle of. It's hump day, Wednesday night, but where can people follow you? And please give your, I know it's an NRL, but it's not Why NRL not? season, but give it a plug. Okay, well, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at, at MitchD underscore nine zero for some uh, NFL, very biased NFL takes. If you hadn't heard them earlier on the Packers, those are there uh, in my NRL hot takes as well. And if you want an NRL podcast next season, at NRL Boom Rookies on Twitter, it's me and a couple of mates, you know, yeah. a couple of years deep now. It's, it's, it's an okay podcast, I would say. It is don't don't listen to the two-hour episodes. An hour, hour of your time are worth. That's what I'll say. Okay. And there's also, if you're a Brisbane Broncos fan, check out uh, Broncos that's Weekly, Weekly as well. That's the real one you should check out. That's the, that's the better of the two. I'll, I'll admit that. Um, and I'm not even a Broncos fan. Yeah, there's there's uh, better co-hosts on that one. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll, we'll uh, have Woot and Y back next week. Thanks for having me, mate. Cheers. Thanks for listening to another installment of the Wooten Y Show. Check out previous episodes at WootenY.com and on iTunes. And follow each of the boys on Twitter at This Is Woot and at JYNFL. Or you can follow the podcast at Wooten Y.